In the days of Amos, people thought that the day of the Lord would be a time of great victory. But Amos announced that it would be a day of darkness, not light. He said liturgy is no substitute for obedience. The Lord demands justice and righteousness in the community. A reading from Amos. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The psalm for the day is read responsively. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those who seek my life be put to shame and confounded. Let those who take pleasure in my misfortune draw back and be disgraced. Let those who say to me, aha, and gloat over me, turn back because of their shame. Let all those seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say forever, great is the Lord. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Come to me quickly, O God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not tarry. Some of the Thessalonians are worried that dead Christians will be excluded from the resurrection to eternal life when Christ comes again. Paul reassures them with the words of hope that all Christians, living or dead, will be raised into everlasting life with Christ. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Would you please stand to receive the gospel? Holy, This is the gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also and sang, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> A famous football coach was on vacation with his family in rural Maine. When they walked into a movie theater and sat down, a, ha a handful of people there applauded. He thought to himself, I can't believe it. People recognize me all the way up here. Then a man came over to him and said, Thanks for coming. They won't start the movie unless we have ten paying people or more. Well, I like to be known. I, a couple summers ago, I went to my 50th high school reunion, and I wasn't a popular person in high school, but I was, you know, I wanted to see some people that I hadn't seen and, you know, see what they're still around, you know, what's going on. And I was so disappointed. And uh, there were only about three people there who recognized me. And one of them was, recognized me readily at the 30th reunion, but had forgotten me by the 50th reunion. And I like to be known. I like to be recognized. It's, I guess it's kind of an ego thing. Um, so when I meet someone... Uh, casually, you know, at, at various places, I will remind them who I am. I say, hi, Paul, remember me? I'm Mark. We did this.
together or something like that because I don't like the feeling of like, now who are you again? That feels so bad for me. Today's lesson, uh, it's kind of scary. Jesus doesn't recognize the five foolish bridesmaids. The, the original, you know, the, uh, the other wording is the, the virgins. The young women who are not yet marrying age. Um, Jesus doesn't recognize them. Who are you? Go away. The five wise uh, virgins or bridesmaids bring extra oil. They have enough oil. They had thought of that because the bridegroom is delayed. Now, what's the, what's the imagery here? The bridegroom is Jesus. The, uh, the wedding feast is the heavenly kingdom. And so it's kind of scary to me is the whole idea that I might not be recognized at the end time. Amos talks about, um, you know, the day of the Lord talking to these people in the northern kingdom who are not acting righteously. And they say, don't think about the end of the day of the Lord. Don't wish for that because it's darkness because these people have not practiced righteousness and justice. They are abusing the law. They are neglecting the poor. And they have this attitude, you know, it's like, hey, we're God's people. I look forward to when God takes control of things, when, when God comes and makes Israel triumphant. Amos says, don't you dare Think about that. You need to turn around. You need to repent. The Apostle Paul talks to the community at Thessalonica. And we think this is the earliest um, letter, the earliest book in the New Testament. I know it's not the first one, but it was probably written about 50. And apparently, uh, the Christians here were uh, expecting, as the early Christians were, expecting Jesus to appear and claim the kingdom. And it wasn't happening, and people were starting to die. And it's like, what happens to the people who are already passed away? When Jesus comes, will they be forgotten? And, and Paul says, no, there will be a resurrection, a resurrection of the dead. So what do we do with this uh, this passage from Matthew, because our faith is based on the idea that we are baptized into Christ, that Christ names us, knows us by name, calls us children of God, and it's Christ who does the saving. It's not us. We are not justified by works by doing good stuff, by doing good deeds. We are justified by what Jesus has done for us. So how do we deal with texts like this? Well, apparently Matthew's community, and remember Matthew is written like a church year. It's, it's written seamlessly, I mean, all the way to the end. And this is talked about, talks, Jesus talks about the end times, you know? And the question is, 
what do we do as, to remain faithful as we wait for the, the return of Jesus? Yes, we believe still that Jesus will return. What do we do in the meantime? How do we behave? Apparently in Matthew's community, there were people who were, you know, like fading away, fading away. They were not keeping the faith. They were not meeting together. This is a theme in the New Testament. It was already happening. And of course, this is, it's multiplied today, isn't it? So many people are not keeping up with their faith. They're running out of oil, as it were. And they're getting burned out in the process. So what is oil for us? The, the, the wise virgins, the wise bridesmaids had extra oil. And the foolish ones did not bring extra oil. So when the delay of the bridegroom happens, they run out. Their lamps burn out. Oil, apparently, from what we can tell, is uh, just a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God. How do we have a relationship with God? Well, we keep up with God, right? We try to do, we try to love our neighbor. We worship together. We, uh, we are generous. Jesus says earlier in Matthew, he says, where your heart where your treasure is there your heart will be also where your treasure is there your heart will be also and we hear it the other way around where your heart is your treasure will be you know we there've been plenty of gurus who say you know follow your heart's desire and the money will follow well jesus is not talking about that i mean that might be true Jesus is not talking about that. He says, where your treasure is, where you invest yourself, there your heart will be also. And so we who dedicate, and of course I'm, I always preach to the choir here, we who dedicate ourselves to the church and to Christ's purposes in the church, we find that we're pretty big givers too, Right? We find when we give a lot, our heart is there too. It's like, I give a lot to this. And that's why in churches, you know, everybody talks about, oh, we, we need to get some new members so that they can give and, and help us. And, you know, it's, it's the members who get more involved in the church who end up giving more. When you get more involved in the church, you see what goes on behind the scenes, the good stuff that goes on, all of a sudden you understand, I need to be a bigger giver. But anyway, I'm getting beside the, the point here. The point is that we need to have that oil, that relationship. We need to keep up the relationship. Now, I'm, this might sound kind of, I might, we might be getting kind of heretical here because you know, God establishes the relationship with us. Nothing that we do earns our salvation. Jesus does that. 
When we pray, however, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, we pray, give us today our daily bread. Uh, Martin Luther says, everything comes from God, but we still ask for it. And that might seem kind of strange, you know. Why ask for something that you're going to get anyway? And I think it's because it's the right attitude to have. It's the right attitude to have. And so, by having a good relationship with Jesus, by worshiping, by serving, by receiving the body and blood of Jesus, this doesn't necessarily mean that we are accomplishing a relationship with God. God has established a relationship with us. But nevertheless, don't you want to keep it up? Don't you want to be known? A lot of Christians um, will try to manipulate people by saying, you know, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And everyone here should say, it's because of Jesus that I'm going to heaven. It's not because anything I've done. That's the answer to that. But a lot of, a lot of them will say, know the Lord you need to know Jesus. And I would say, we would say, Jesus knows us. Does Jesus know you? Does Jesus remember you? Of course, Jesus remembers us. But don't we want to keep up the relationship? If I would have kept up a relationship with those few people in high school, they probably would have remembered me. But I didn't work on that at all. I never saw them. I never had any. This is out in Buffalo, New York, by the way. I just never went out there. I never had anything to do with anyone. So a few people recognized me, not many. And some people that had recognized me, again, didn't remember me after 50 years. When you want to be known by someone, you work on keeping that going. And so... We want to be known by Jesus. And Jesus does know us. But don't you want to keep up that relationship by worshiping? By doing love of neighbor. By working together. By returning a portion of what God has given us in Jesus Christ. These end time Scripture readings are an exhortation to us to keep it up, to stick with it, no matter what. I know people are fading off here and there. Less and less people are going to church. But I hope that you find this relationship in worship to be meaningful to you. And I want you to know that Jesus, in communion, Jesus establishes a relationship with us. Jesus keeps that relationship with us. His very body and blood come into us to warm our hearts, to give us the oil that is necessary to get through this life as we wait for the end, the glorious end. So come now and be nourished by this meal. Amen.